Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hi guys, it's Jacob from Keep I Go Loud. It's been a real busy year for us. Um, I think the last time that we spoke, we were discussing about the bar we were getting ready to open and uh, that bar is open and she is humming and bucking. So um, I was looking back on Christmas last year and we really wanted to do like a real fun, cheesy Christmas type special. And, and the idea that I had was to locate the Die Hard Christmas book and I wanted to do a uh, reading of it and unfortunately there was no book to be found except for one at one of the Waco libraries but they were uh, demolishing or the flooring or something and it was impossible to get to where the book was um, so we kind of gave up on that idea for the year but lo and behold a Christmas miracle happened and uh, Mike Hamilton dropped me off a book uh, I got to read it. I didn't get to read it on air or anything, but um, I got to read it to my my uh, nieces and nephews. So I thought it'd be a, a, a kick to do that again and then kind of make it our Christmas kind of yearly special. So anyways, here's me reading A Die Hard Christmas. Okay, class, class, it's time. Settle, settle down, settle down. All right, all right. We've got uh, Mr. Green here from uh, Keep Wake Aloud today. And uh, he's been nice enough to come in and he's going to read his favorite Christmas story to you. Oh, what a great introduction, Mr. Williams. I appreciate it. Hello, hello there, class. You guys are all gorgeous and beautiful children. I wanted to read to you guys a very special Christmas story that I got introduced to when I was not much older than you guys. Um, the year was 1988. I was five years old. And I got to go see the live version of this Christmas book. Yeah, pretty special. Um, so thank you, Mr. Williams. I'm just going to jump right in here. This is A Die Hard Christmas, written by Doogie Horner, illustrations by J.J. Harrison. "'Twas the night before Christmas, and up in the tower, everyone was partying except one wall flower. You see him there? He looks pretty sad. John McClain missed his wife. Things just weren't the same since Holly had moved west and changed her last name. Oh, he tried to win her back, but still she said no. While unbeknownst to them, there was trouble below. Who are those guys? A truck had pulled up, and who should disembark but 14 men whose intentions were dark. Oh my. They spoke not a word and unloaded big crates. They cut the phone lines and locked all the gates. 
Carl swept the ground floor, shooting every guard dead, while visions of bearer bonds danced in his head. See, that's the bullets going in and blood there. John took off his shoes, making fists with his toes. That's a reference that's not mentioned in this book. It actually worked. Well, what do you know? When out in the lobby, there arose such a clatter. He sprung to the door to see what was the matter. When what to his wondering eyes should appear, holy crap, there are terrorists here. John hid under a table where no one could see and watched Hans question Mr. Takagi. I'm going to count to three, and there will not be a four. Give me the codes to open the vault door. I don't know the codes, so go ahead and shoot. Okay, said Hans Gruber, and ruined Takagi's suit. See the blood all over the suit there. John tried to call the cops by pulling an alarm, but instead called the bad guys who tried to cause him harm. But John killed Tony, who had very small feet, and sent him to the terrorist as a yuletide treat. He put on a Santa hat on the German, and eyes all aglow wrote, Now I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. Oh, Carl was furious. Tony was his brother. He chased John across the roof and they shot at each other. John was able to escape through the ventilation shafts. Come out to the coast, he sighed. We'll have a few laughs. It's a classic line. At Nakatomi Tower, Sergeant Powell appeared. He checked the whole lobby and saw nothing weird. He was pulling away but didn't get far before Marco landed on the hood of his car. Look at old Marco dead there. Pal drove away backwards, screaming in fright. Welcome to the party, pal, John yelled with delight. More police arrived, the FBI and even a SWAT team. But Hans didn't mind. It was all a part of his scheme. More rapid than eagles, his henchmen they came, and he radioed and shouted and called them by name. Now Eddie, now James, now Franco, now Uli, on Fritz and on Carl, hair long and unruly. They shot the SWAT tank with a surface-to-air missile and knocked it away at the down of a thistle. Now John McClane was angry indeed. He blew up the terrorists and called them jerkweed. Ellis told Hans, Bubby, I'm your white knight. Hans shot him dead, giving the hostages a fright. Hans went to go check on the explosives fuse and saw that poor John wasn't wearing any shoes. John fled from Carl and Hans, but alas, he had to run bare feet over sharp, broken glass. His feet, how they hurt, his soles oh so bloody. John crawled to the bathroom and called his good buddy. John was weary and ready to throw in the towel until he got a pep talk from Sergeant Al Powell. Powell was chubby and plump, a right jolly old cop, and he trusted the cowboy in the tattered tank top. But a pesky reporter was probing into McLean's life and revealed that Holly was actually John's wife. Hans quickly flipped over the gold picture frame. It's a pleasure to meet you, Mrs. McLean. His clothes all tarnished with ashes and soot, John staggered to the roof, bloody and barefoot. The explosives were wired to the rooftop with care, in hopes that the hostages would soon be there. John warned everyone the roof would soon blow, as the chopper strafed him with high-powered ammo. Around his waist, he tied a fire hose tight, and screaming an oath, jumped into the night. He dangled in the air and gritted his teeth, while flames encircled the tower like a wreath. Fiercely fighting his way back inside, John yelled out, Hans! He was done trying to hide. He limped to the vault like an old man on crutches, only to find Holly in his filthy clutches. 
John dropped his gun, put his hands on his head. It seemed he and Holly soon would be dead. Ooh, but with a secret gun taped to his back, John shot Hans in a surprise attack. Classic John. Hans fell out the window, still holding Holly's arm, and slowly, deliberately raised his firearm. The tenacious villain held on by his nails till John unhooked Holly's watch and said, Happy trails. Bearer bonds fluttered like fresh fallen snow as Holly embraced her blood-spattered bow. So Merry Christmas to all. Be kind to one another. And most of all, yippee ki mother Well, I hope you enjoyed that reading as much as that class did. Um, <laughs> Um, I just want you guys to uh, stay tuned next year. We're going to start um, recording new episodes in a, in a, in a, in a, in a new and big way. Um, we have a lot of fun things in the works and uh, we look forward to getting back out into your ear holes. See you later. Merry Christmas. Our theme music is by Fish Hands. If you like what you hear, you should check them out on Bandcamp. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you really like us, give us a five-star rating. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or check out our website where you can buy merch or even see some local events coming up. Thanks again for tuning in. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. Podcast.